0: Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBri podcast where we break down some of the main news headlines in the financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of foreign exchange. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBri, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz Alvarez, and Market Analyst, Roman Zuruch. So, this podcast is all about the foreign exchange market. We're going to take a look at some of the main news stories in FX, discuss them, and give our view on what they might mean for currencies going forward. On today's episode of FX Talk, our first of the new year, we talk about the rapid progress being made towards mass COVID-19 vaccinations and how currencies have reacted to the pandemic so far in 2021. We also discuss Joe Biden's proposed plans for a massive fiscal stimulus package in the US and what kind of impact these measures could have on both financial markets and the US economy. Welcome back everyone to our first podcast episode of 2021, uh, a year we certainly hope will be considerably better than 2020 and and one that hopefully will be far less dominated by the the COVID pandemic and the various lockdowns and restrictions that we've seen uh, imposed around the world. And of course the main way out of that pandemic, uh, this pandemic this year, is likely to come from the, the rollout of the various vaccines. Um, to the global population. Now, since our, our last podcast episode in December, we've seen very rapid progress being made on that front, which has raised hopes of a faster return to more normal levels of economic activity, which in the process has provided a bit of support uh, for risk appetite. There's three main vaccines, of course those from Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca have been approved by a host of countries around the world. Um, vaccinations have been delivered to the masses uh, from the, since the beginning of the year. Other major developed nations we've seen the UK leading the way having now administered at least one vaccine dose to more than 6% of the population, which is higher than the US and the Euro area, with countries there having vaccinated anywhere between 0 and 2%. On the other hand, however, we have continued to see a deterioration in the latest virus numbers in much of the developed world. New cases and, and indeed deaths are now around record highs in both the US and the UK. Same metric for the euro area on the whole, largely stabilised, although uh, some of this has to do with a drop in testing. Test positive rates there are actually shown some slightly concerning signs, particularly in Germany, where Angela Merkel suggested that lockdowns could be extended until April, which raised a bit of concern over the possibility of a double-dip recession uh, in the bloc. But what do you guys both make of this vaccine progress? And what impact do you think we're seeing on the FX market from the pandemic so far this year? Um, so far, what we have is, is frankly, I don't want to make too much of it, but we
1: seem to have a certain correlation between uh, performance in the rollout of mass vaccinations and the currency. We have the two of the uh, G10 currencies that have performed the best of the U.S. dollars, certainly, and also the sterling, which happen to be also the two uh, countries that are uh, rolling out the vaccines the fastest. Now, again, I don't want to make too much of this, but… Um, because it, there's, there's a host of other factors and it's very early in the year, but I think that this this may, um, this, this may be driving uh, 2021 performance, the, uh, the, uh, speed at which economies, the different economies recover from the pandemic, which is then again very much tied into, uh, the speed at which, uh, vaccinations increase towards herd immunity.
2: Yeah, I think so. But I also uh, can say that right now we are in, we are kind of a back to the start of December mode. So uh, we are waiting what will happen because we have both uh, very large uh, potential risks, downside risks and upside risks. So the downside risks would be uh, those uh, different strains of the uh, virus that have been found uh, from the UK to South Africa, Japan, uh, and uh, all around the world. Uh, and they have, uh, or they are believed to be, uh, to, uh a bit more contagious uh, than the than the original virus uh so this poses some kind of a threat that maybe the uh, pandemic will go on for longer uh, despite this vaccine progress but on the other hand we have those vaccines and actually the the progress although it may appear relatively slow especially looking at most of the european union uh i think that uh, people are underestimating uh, the potential to a increase uh, this vaccination process. And actually, over the past week or two, we have seen a significant increases in vaccinations, uh, not only in the US and the United Kingdom, but also in, in parts of Europe. So, uh, if we are going to have uh, all of the three main vaccines uh, really rolled out uh, en masse, uh, then w- the, this situation will uh, obviously uh, improve. And we are... Waiting uh, for uh, for this herd immunity, but actually the milestone for us, which will enable return to normalcy or close to it, uh, is uh, vaccinating of people who are the most at risk. And this should be this process shouldn't take as long. So we are we are talking here about uh, probably a, a few near months uh, in case of most developed countries.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and you know, I think it's all, like, all highly encouraging news so far. Um, certainly if we cast our minds back, you know, it was a couple of months ago and say sort of this, by this time, sort of three weeks into 2021, we'll be looking at the likes of the UK, having vaccinated over 6% of the population. I I don't think we would have uh, quite believed that. We probably said that was quite unlikely. Um, so progress, he obviously made quicker than most market participants had expected. And as a result, investors seem to be coming around to this view that we're going to, could get, as you said, Roman, to a position where enough vulnerable people have been vaccinated so that restrictions could be unwound pretty soonish, Pretty uh, so, so, certainly sooner than um, we thought at the back end of last year. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think we are seeing a, a few contrasting headlines. Obviously, the flip side uh, of that quick progress towards mass vaccinations is the, the pandemic numbers have, have continued to deteriorate in some of these countries, particularly the likes of the UK and the US. Um, Restrictions are made very tight um, and not far off the levels um, that they were at the beginning of the pandemic and actually in some instances we're seeing tighter restrictions now than we've seen throughout the entire pandemic period. Uh, So I don't think investors are getting overly carried away. Um, I think there's a general acceptance in the market that things are likely to get worse before they get better. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we could be looking at possible double-dip recessions um, in, in Europe so I think that's keeping a little bit of a, a lid uh, on these rallies that we're seeing in risk assets, particularly emerging markets. If you look at emerging market currency indexes in the last sort of months or so, um, they've been largely flat, which would suggest the market, as I said, not getting overly carried away um, with this vaccine progress.
1: I mean, yeah, I just that the, the uh, currency. There hasn't been any massive uh, currency uh, up in the risk currencies. If you look at the G ten. Currencies performance here today, there is some correlation between like the riskiest currencies like the Australian dollar and the Norwegian corner, uh, being the outperformers. But more, more, more than that, what we have seen since the pandemic is to, is, is commodity prices increase very fast. Um, I think that sooner or later, this will translate into, into, uh, strength, uh, for the emerging market currencies. And it's also illustrates like a bit of a, of a theme that, uh, that I think, uh, is, in, we're going to see in 2021, which is, uh, inflation, uh, coming out higher than expected, uh, as this pent up demand, pent up consumer demand, uh, is finally released. The restrictions are lifted and this pent up demand runs into a, a still pandemic constrained supply side. Uh, so, to me, higher inflation, higher long-term rates and higher commodity prices and higher risk currencies is sort of like the package that we're going to see in 2021.
0: Okay, excellent. I think we're there. we'll move on to our second topic now. Um, and really, aside from the pandemic, probably the, the main focus that we've seen in the FX market so far in 2021 has been on US politics. Uh, Now of course we've had some rather unsavoury scenes uh, uh, in the news headlines in the past few weeks, notably the the sort of violent pro-Trump protests at Capitol Hill earlier this month, which has led to another impeachment trial for Donald Trump. Uh, But all going to plan, Joe Biden will be sworn in as the next president on Wednesday Uh, and the first item on the agenda will be forcing his proposed fiscal stimulus package through Congress, uh, details of which uh, were announced last week. This package will amount to 1.9 trillion US dollars, most of which will be for households around about 900 billion dollars or so. Uh, This will include direct payments to Americans, extension and increase uh, in the additional unemployment insurance benefits as well, um, that were introduced last month after the initial program ran dry at the end of July. But the big test, of course, will now be for Biden to force this package through Congress. The task is Made a little bit easier by the the double win for the Democrats at the runoff Senate elections in Georgia earlier this month. This means now that the Senate is now split 50-50, so, but the Democrats um, will have the deciding vote on any tie breaks. Uh, so the question for you both, so what kind of impact um do we foresee these fiscal measures having on financial markets and the U.S. economy? And do we expect this package to pass through Congress in the first place? Um I definitely expect it to pass. I think that it will be and and
1: in general not just uh this particular package but fiscal policy in the u s for the foreseeable future is going to err on the side of doing too much um I don't know if you guys saw the comments today from Yellen that says that uh given how low borrowing rates are in the u s right now we would be a downright stupid to not spend as much money as possible and I think that 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 marks a a, a significant cultural mindset among Americans, economists, and policymakers in that the, the recognition or the idea is that uh, it was a mistake to not respond, not, not uh, respond with a bigger stimulus package to the 2008 2009 recession, and that that mistake will not be repeated, especially not with with rates here. So um, the stimulus package, I think, is going to pass pretty much more or less. Uh, uh, if, if anything, it might get augmented in size through the uh, legislative process i think it's, it's quite likely that will happen and in in the future uh american fiscal policy will always err on the side of two more deficits and more spending and less tax collection um that's that's part of what undergirds my my econ, my market view of higher commodity prices positive inflation surprises and frankly uh good performance of risk assets in general, including uh, emerging market uh, currencies.
2: Yeah, I generally agree. I think that uh, one of the key things uh, regarding this package is that the data that uh, we are receiving right now suggests that it is quite needed, at least uh, looking at the labor market data. And I'm not only talking about the most recent non-farm payrolls. Uh, which uh, showed uh, the first uh, decrease in payrolls, uh, I think, since April. Uh, but also about the uh, initial jobless claims, we had a, a pretty bad number last week. And considering that the third wave is right now in full force in the US, uh, this situation will not go away uh, in the in the at least in the next uh, few weeks uh, or. Probably months, uh, so this support is definitely needed. Uh, and uh, one thing that's important is that, uh, as you said, with Democrats having control uh, over uh, over Congress and the presidency, uh, this will be easier to pass uh, than otherwise. And uh, the previous package has been uh, has been passed only uh, has been passed a few weeks ago, uh, but the one before it has been a few. A good months ago, and we had months of political wrangling between Democrats and Republicans, which actually made this help uh, be delivered uh, potentially uh, slightly uh, too late uh, for for some of the Americans. Uh, so right now we are avoiding this scenario, and we and the US will likely smooth any uh, any issues that the uh, job market is currently having because of this uh, third wave of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I agree, agree with your first point, Enrique. I think, yeah, lessons have been learned from the, from the financial crisis in 2008, and 2009. I think we are seeing a bit of a more shift towards more expansionary fiscal policy in the U.S. With regards to this package, um, yeah, I think, I think the runoff elections in Georgia earlier this month were actually pretty crucial and it should give Biden uh, enough political muscle, if you like, to, to get these measures through Congress. I would have thought, and uh, introduced possibly as, as soon as next month. Um, I think the market appears confident that that will be the case. We're seeing treasury yields up pretty much, pretty sharply across most of the curve. And as you mentioned, Roman, yeah, it does come at a good time. I think we're starting to see a little bit of a stalling in the US economy. we look at retail sales were down in December again, a third straight month, and um, that they were in negative territory. Job creation, um, again, also turned negative, as you said, Roman, first time since April. So while I think the US economy, is likely to outperform the European economy in the short run. I think this gap could be slightly smaller than uh, what I would have thought a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, as far as the impact on FX is concerned, I think, I think it's clear that the overriding view among market participants is that the larger the spending, uh, fiscal spending from the US, the greater support we'll see for risk assets at the expense of the dollar. So I think this Package and um, once this package is forced through Congress, as we expect, I think this sort of reinforces our sort of long-term bearish view towards the the, the dollar. Um albeit I think, we could see a few safe haven flows into the, the currency uh, in the short run, uh, as long as these uh, pandemic numbers continue to remain high and as long as restrictions remain in place um, for the for the short term. And that just about does it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the currency markets, visit eBri's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app and let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more on during upcoming podcasts. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a week's time. Thank you all very much for listening.